Welcome to the Loft Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message and that it ignites in you a hunger for more of God's presence in your life. Oh, about a month ago, uh, the Lord started laying on my heart uh, this passage of Scripture in Mark eleven seventeen. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. And the rest of that verse says, but you've made it a den of thieves. Out of Mark 11, Jesus had, had come into Jerusalem for the triumphant entry, entry. And then he had made his way to the temple where there was merchants selling uh, different animals for sacrifices, and they were um, making the temple a place of profit. And so he chased them out, and he said that my house shall be called a house of prayer. We hear that, but we don't always hear the, the last three words, for all nations. And if you turn with me to Isaiah 56 you'll see that this is a, a, a portion of Scripture where that same passage is said. So Jesus is fulfilling that in, in the temple in Jerusalem. I don't know how many years later, but I want to read Isaiah 56, verses 1 through 8 to give us a context for this, this statement of what he says. Verse 1, thus says the Lord, keep justice and do righteousness, for my salvation is about to come and my righteousness to be revealed. Blessed is the man who does this and the son of man who lays hold of it, who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and keeps his hand from doing any evil. Do not let the son of the foreigner who has joined himself to the Lord speak, saying, the Lord has utterly separated me from his people. Nor let the eunuch say, here I am a dry tree. For thus says the Lord to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths and choose what pleases me and holds fast my covenant, even to them I will give in my house and within my walls a place and a name better than that of sons and daughters. And I will give them an everlasting name and they shall not be cut off. Also the sons of the foreigner who join themselves to the Lord to serve him and to love the name of the Lord to be his servants. Everyone who keeps from defiling the Sabbath and holds fast my covenant, even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar for my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. The Lord God, who gathers the outcasts of Israel, says, Yet I will gather to him others beside those who are gathered to him. So what is God's heart in this passage? God's heart is to not only love on Israel, but to call those who are outside of his people, and to gather them, to gather the foreigners, to gather others. And so when, his, when he says, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations, 
To me, that's saying that there's something about prayer that gathers people together for the Lord, that that's his heart. Jesus said, pray, pray for those to go out into the harvest because it's ready. The, whites, the fields are white and the, and, and the harvest is ready for people to, be, uh, to come to the Lord. And uh, Nathan, you've found that out to be true, haven't you, brother? People are hungry. And I love that in you going out, man. Please, please silence all the phones. <laughs> this past year, um, I don't know what it is, but Susie and I both have been gripped with the heart of being an intercessor. Maybe it's the whole COVID thing and what's happened in our nation and the fear that's gripped people. I'm sure there's many things. Part of it is interceding for our family. It's interceding for this body of believers. It's interceding for our nation. It's interceding that uh, a lot of... Uh, that laws of righteousness will be enacted in this nation and people will understand what real truth is. See, the heart of an intercessor stands in the gap. Stands in the gap for someone else or for some issue. And they're willing to go to God and be still before him and listen to what his heart is on an issue so that I, I or you, so that we can agree with God. Prayer is not about us just coming and giving our, presenting our needs, though that's part of it. I mean, he says he's a good father in Luke chapter 11. He says he gives good gifts to his children. So if we have a need, we come to him. But prayer is so much more. It is, a, it is breathing out our life to him, and it's breathing in his life to us. And it literally is coming to life. It is at the core of our being as believers. Why else would Jesus say, my house shall be called a house of prayer? Because it takes us to a place of trusting him. And getting our eyes off of ourselves and onto him for his purposes. We are his covenant people and the blood of Jesus Christ. We're, we're, we have been saved and sanctified and set apart for our Lord by his offering at the cross. And Jesus is revealing his authority as, as Messiah by establishing the Father's intent for the temple. And the temple just isn't a building. The temple is you and I. We are the temple now where the Holy Spirit resides. 1 Corinthians, I believe, chapter 6 says that. So understanding then that we are sons and daughters will lead us to the place of targeted prayers of intercession. I know Susie's going to talk about that targeted, that word targeting. Every one of us are intercessors in Christ's kingdom. 
As an intercessor, then, we are standing in the gap for the benefit of another in God's kingdom. That's you and I, for his purposes and for his kingdom. Well, this is a message that involves teaching and application, and I'm the application. You know, you hit it right on the head, Jack, to stir our hearts up, make sure that there's nothing in there that keeps us from him. And I love it that you laid the groundwork for the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Our prayers are effective or they're indecisive based on who we know we are and what authority we carry in the kingdom. You know, the loft has talked a lot about this. I've talked a lot about this. Father is talking a lot about this. He is about to drop this huge thing. And he's lovingly saying, I'm going to do it in you. All the things that I have planned, I will do it in you. And we should be excited about that because we get to see it. Do we get to self-make ourselves to know who we are? Do we get to self-made, be a self-made man, be a self-made woman? Do we get to do that? No. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Ephesians 2.10. I want to ask you, are you living under tradition? You know, those things that your father, mother taught you, your community, your, your tribe of people taught you. And they want you to continue the, tr- the tradition, the things that we think are truth and should continue on. I just want to make sure that that's not happening in your life because you can open up the door to lies. Those traditions may not be what the Father wants. In Mark 7, Jesus talks about tradition. Look that up. Digging into our our heart Steve talked about we've been through a journey, he and I, and I start digging really deep into my, art, my own heart. And I'm different. But the, the Lord showed me the way the adversary works, and I don't want to give him a lot of time here, but we're about to dig the soil of our hearts up right now. That's just what I want to do. That's what God's put on me to do. And it's going to be cool. I just want you to know it's going to be really cool. It's a good thing. It's going to be freedom. It's going to be activation. It's going to be um, honoring God in the things that 
or just might be there and we are just unaware of it. Are you ready? Okay. So, the enemy, he's a persuader of lies. He's not the father of lies. That's just my opinion. He's not the father of lies, nor is he the creator of lies. Because those two words are the words I use to, for my father. He's a persuader of lies. He has no power or authority over us. We just need to understand that. He wants to alter who God is in our lives. God is good. God is good all the time. It's a universal word in the, in the world. Everybody understands good. God is in charge. Jack talked about God's not in control. I think he said it last week, week before. God's not in control, but he is in charge. And the enemy would want us to take up control because we know how we want our lives to go. So if we take control, we can be assured of it, right? No. And the enemy wants to tell us that God does not have all the power and authority. I mean, look at the world right now. It's chaos. God must be just taking a nap. I mean, uh, the enemy would want us to believe that uh, God doesn't care about us. And he wants to alter the way we see ourselves and the, what we carry in the kingdom. This is straight up 501 right here. It's, we're not on 101 anymore. We are down to putting a stake in the ground today. Because there's truth. There's truth we need to stand on. We can't vacillate back and forth. We need to know who we are and what we carry in the kingdom. Done. Today. Because we are co-heirs with Christ Jesus. We rule and reign with Christ. That's who we are. And we carry all the aspects of what Jesus was. We are. I just want to say, family, we need to give ourselves a talking to and look at ourselves in the mirror and say, I am co-heirs with Jesus Christ. Look at yourself in the eyes and tell yourself that. And he will change the as aspects of what we think and do, and he does it in distractions. Boy, I'll tell you, the loft has been through a lot of distractions, health, uh, tragedies going on, um, just people getting battered, and they're all distractions. And just, just see it as that. It's not a cloud over you. It's not a, you have not been beat up um, or, um, you know, tarred and feathered. It's just a distraction. Because you, all you have to do is call out the name of Jesus. It's as simple as that. 
And things happen in the, in the spirit realm because you do that. That's a good question. Do you believe that? Are you sure you believe that? Because there's a lot of faces looking at me just unsure. Okay, we're going to check in. So those distractions, they can come in and remove our focus of, of who God is in our lives. And they, he does it by idols, those things we just can't wait to get to, like our phones, like Facebook, YouTube. You know, technology is it, it's awesome, but if it becomes an idol, I'll just drop that right there. And those distractions also um, mess with our belief about ourselves to the point where if we are really caught up in that, we become feeling like we are unworthy. Unworthy. And then shame will come in. Well, you should know better. You should know better. Look, you did it again. Who are you? You call yourself a Christian. You just shut your mouth. You have nothing to say. You're not good enough. You're not doing enough. All of that is shame. And then, then, you, get, then you get to the point of disqualifying yourself. Have you disqualified yourself? from talking to people about the Lord. Oh, that, that might be an embarrassment. I might embarrass the Lord about it. I can't do that. Have you disqualified yourself from standing up for righteousness? I'm just getting down to the bare bones here. I think that this is going to be an awesome day because we're calling out the enemy and and throwing him out once and for all. So we just have to go through this process. Just bear with me. Jack used to talk about this a couple years ago. I first heard it then, and he would say, I saw in the spirit realm. I became so curious about that. What's that? I want to do that. God, I'm so hungry for you. I want to see you. I want to see what you're doing. Isn't that what Jesus said? I only do what my father does. I only say what my father says. I got to that place. And uh, I want to tell you a little story. We've just hit me between the eyes. And I became so grateful. I went to go see Sarah. And you know, our sweet Sarah, she's very dear to me. And I was in her room, and I was this close from her face, and I was kissing her cheek, and up close and real, and looking for any kind of uh, movement or um, any sense that she might know that I'm there. And... Um, I was praying, and God, what is your heart for this? You know, what is the delay? But um, 
I had to just bring that down and just spend the time with him. And I said, Father, show, show me what you're showing me. Let me see what you're showing me through all this. Uh, and in my mind's eye, I'm staring at Sarah just very close. And in my mind's eye, I see Sarah and Jesus standing right next to the bed. And in, and I'm thinking, wow. And in my mind's eye, I see Sarah with her, her eyebrows raised really high, and she's smiling just gleefully. And the Lord is there, and, and he has his, has his hands down like this. And he's just looking at my face just pensively, achingly, lovingly. He just wants me to acknowledge him. That's the spirit realm. That just blew my mind. And I was so grateful. God, you let me see you, what you're doing. And Sarah's there. I'm really grateful. You know, we are body, soul, and spirit. I'm sorry. And all that power and energy is working within us. It's a matter of praying from that place. That place full of hope, joy, acknowledging him, listening to what he's saying. Are you with me? Do you want this? I want all of us to get to a point where we say, I saw in the spirit realm. Wow. That we hear what God is saying. And we see what he's doing. Because he's always inviting us into that. I mean, that's the way he communicates to us. It's living in the newness, the power and authority that Jesus gave us. It's all in partnership with the Holy Spirit. So when we're talking about prayer, we know that our prayers are targeted. The Holy Spirit is talking to us all the time. He's giving us visions all the time. If this is all new to you, I guarantee you God is speaking to you. That's what his kingdom is all about. Right about now, you should be clapping. Because... <laughs> so I'm going to be stirring up your heart a little bit more about some things, but... We need to be often, often digging up those things in our hearts to dispel the lies look at them for what they are spot it tell it to go 
You might even need to say to the Lord, I'm sorry, Lord, I didn't believe you on this. I'm sorry. You are more than what you think you are. You are an heir with Christ Jesus. He is about to drop some big things. It is nothing to be afraid of. It's really cool. I mean, his, his kingdom is coming. It's here. So can I just pray real quick before Steve goes on to some more teaching? Father, our hearts have been stirred, and we're recognizing that we have a power and authority over any kind of lie, any deception. Help us to spot them. Help us to remove them. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, for what you're going to say to us through the things that Steve has that you've dropped in his heart. Help us to grasp, Lord, how really awesome we are in the kingdom in partnership with you. Thanks, Susan. So I had said earlier that we, we also are intercessors. Every one of us is an intercessor. We have the opportunity to stand in the gap for God's kingdom, for others, and to pray. One of the things that, um, that gets in the way of that at times is our feelings, how we feel about things. And living in the faith and our trust of God, you need to, at times, God is, God is the one that's created our feelings, in the right place at the right time, but that it should not compete with your faith, your faith of declaring what God's word and his promises says, in line with his character and in line with who you and I are. We got to put our feelings on the back shelf and set them aside and not let them govern or rule us. Faith then rises above our feelings to see as God sees. So I want to go through, I have seven points that actually are going to be on the overhead. They're going to be up on the screen. And, uh, and so I want to go through what is intercessory prayer and its possibilities. So number one is persistent contending. Persistent, not giving up, contending, standing in the gap again for those around us. It is a place where faith is activated, and I come to a place of trusting for whatever need it is, whatever the need is for those around me, for God's kingdom. But it implies that I've taken the time to listen. And... Uh, I want to just kind of stop for a minute. And uh, for many of us, we spend more time talking than we do listening. And which is kind of funny because we got one mouth, but we got two ears. So you would think there should be twice as much listening. <laughs> James says it this way, be slow to speak 
slow to get angry and quick to listen. So to get on the same page with God, with the Holy Spirit, we got to take time to listen. We got to take time to get his perspective. So there's this story in, uh, in Luke 18 about the uh, widow, the persistent widow that I like to read. Luke 18, beginning in verse 1. Uh, then he, speaking of Jesus, spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart, saying there was in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me from my adversary. And he would not for a while, but afterward he said within himself, Though I don't fear God nor regard man, this, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest by her continual coming she wearies me. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? So Jesus is looking for faith. He's looking for those who will trust him and take the time to listen and get his heart on a matter. Because again, it's just not us telling the Lord what we want him to do for us as if we're some, um, a child that just wants to get their own way. But yet God is just and he does listen to his children and there is this, in intercession, there is a persistent contending that uh, I want you to grasp hold of and even in uh, Philippians 4, 6, and 7, where it says, to be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So that word everything, to me, has with it the idea that whatever the need is, I can persistently bring it. I can bring it to my Father. And I can present it to him and not be anxious about it, but let his peace replace any anxiousness that I have. There's another verse that I had there, First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, that says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So persistent contending. Um, I know it's number two, their warfare. But when you think about, uh, you know, being in the kingdom, an intercessor, prayer is not for the lighthearted. Because you are actually, prayer you know, in that passage in Ephesians where it says, put on the armor and then it gives the helmet of salvation, the belt of truth, the sword of the spirit, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of 
peace on our feet. Um, I don't know if I missed any. But at the end of that passage in verse 18, it says, praying with all perseverance, praying, praying with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. So prayer is the battle for which we put on the armor for. Prayer isn't necessarily part of your armor. It's actually where the battle takes place. So you've been called to war. And if you hadn't known that you received it, this is your draft notice. (laughs) Anybody remember the old draft cards? I found mine about two months ago. The year that I had to sign up, they stopped it in 1975. (laughs) But you've been called to battle. And you've been given every weapon that you need. In fact, in Romans, I believe, chapter 6, you actually are an instrument of righteousness, which means you are a weapon of righteousness. Can you say that with me? I am a weapon of righteousness. That means that it's not by your own works which you have done, but according to his mercy that he saved you, that he washed you with the renewing of the Holy Spirit and his cleansing. He did everything that was needed to be done to get you to the place to enter the battle. And prayer is the battle zone. It's the lines. It's where we draw the lines and we begin to decree and declare who Jesus is and who we are. And that his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So persistent contending, warfare. Third, agreement with God's will. Asking according to God's will. It's pretty important. Let's see why. 1 John 5, verses 14 and 15. How many of you want to have confidence when you pray? Okay? Listen up then. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. So agreement with God's will. Four, waiting and listening. There's that word, listening. Wow. I just love that, Lord. I love listening to you. I, uh, I got up yesterday morning, and my normal pattern is just to break out my Bible. And it was actually about Well, it was really early. I don't even remember what time. But God was up because I asked him what's on his heart and he started to tell me and I began to journal about it. You can't get up at any time and God's not up. I just want to give a witness to that. Not at 2.30, not at 3.30. Now, I'm not telling you you have to get up at that time. 
But I'm telling you that make room for him. Make room for him. Why would you not make room for the king of glory? Let him open up the gates and come in and meet with you. Wow. Make room. Waiting and listening. Now, the church was told by Jesus, I want you to go and I want you to wait for the promise of the Father. You remember that? Acts chapter 1, verse 4, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. So then they, the disciples went up to, into the upper room, and then verse 14, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. A few verses later, it says there was about 120 there. And they were waiting. What were they waiting for? They were waiting for the Holy Spirit. Was that important to wait? <laughs> that was, that's a make it or break it thing, let me tell you. To wait for the Holy Spirit to be filled. And then they began to speak in tongues and testify of God's good, goodness in the languages of those who were there during that time. People thought they were drunk, but they weren't drunk. Waiting and listening. There might be many things that God has you waiting for. He doesn't always just give us the, our answers, even, even if we ask in Jesus' name. And even though it might be his will, there is a timing to answer of prayer. I don't have this figured out. I don't know if anybody has it figured out. I don't know if anybody can give you points A through D and tell you the path to get a prayer answered. But I can tell you what it looks like to trust him in that process. I can tell you what it looks like to look him in the eye and to, to literally be still before him and to wait on him and to know that he is God. I'm not God. You're not God. We're told, I believe it's in Psalm 91, that he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. So there's a secret place. Jesus talked about going into your closet. But it's really what it's meaning is a place where you're not distracted. We get, we get distracted so easily. I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, a hummingbird flutters to our bird feeder, and pretty soon I'm getting up and watching the hummingbirds. I guess that's not wrong, but, you know, try to keep things away when you're trying to listen to your father. Intercession also involves planting seeds of faith standing in the gap. Hosea 10.12 says, Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it's time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. That though it's talking about the first person there, we can do this for each other. We can be an intercessor and stand in the gap so that 
a close friend or a loved one whose heart is kind of hard right now, their heart can be softened. You can begin to pray because you know that's God's will. You know it's his will that they come to a place of repentance and their heart softens to the Lord and they turn their face to him. And you know it's his will that they reap God's mercy and you know it's his will that they take time to seek him So begin to decree and declare these things over your loved ones, over your friends, over people that you meet. Stand in the gap for one another. Six, divine partnership. Oneness. In John 14, 12 through 14, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. In greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that my Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Twice there he repeats himself. It must be something that's really important. To ask in his name means to ask in line with his character that his name represents. So divine partnership. Revival and renewal, seeing others come to life in Jesus Christ. I want to read Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. It's a little too long a passage for me to write it down, so... This is Paul praying... For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. You know, there's several words here that represent being revived and renewed. The first one is in 16 where it says strengthened, to be strengthened. The next one in the next verse, that you may dwell, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And then being rooted and grounded in love. Verse 18, that you would be able to comprehend, understand with all the saints Verse 19, to know the love of Christ. So to comprehend and to know the love of Christ. And then in verse 19 also, to be filled with all the fullness of God. We can pray this over one another. We can pray that we would be strengthened. We would know that we can dwell 
with Christ, that we can be rooted and grounded in love, that we can comprehend and know the love of Christ, and that we can be filled with the fullness of God. Praying this for somebody brings them to a place where the Holy Spirit begins to bring understanding into their hearts where they turn to Christ. This is the heart of intercession, all of these things. No need is too small or too great that we cannot go to our, our father, our papa. I love the movie The Shack when he uses the term papa for God. We can have intimacy with God. We can ask him, Lord, what's on your heart? We can listen and journal about what he says. There's a lot there. Yeah, there's a lot there. A lot of meat there. And don't let this overwhelm you. It's in you. God has put it in you. You have to stir it up. You need to participate in that. Partner with him. He'll do it through you. So, um, tonight you will be different. Tell yourself, tonight I'm going to be different. Get used to different. Just get used to different. This right here, this is a proclamation that I'm living from God's perspective. And I'm calling you into it. Steve and I are calling you into this. Leadership is calling you into it. God is calling you into this. It's all about us. And it's all in him. God's power in us is limitless. But I want to back up. I want to get one more little thing out in the open. God doesn't lie. How's that sit on your heart? God doesn't lie. But if you had any doubt, that little thing, that little thing right there, God doesn't lie. But your heart says, but, but, what about that? What about this? Perhaps you can't really fully understand that, fully get there, because there's this little niggling that maybe, and I'm going to pull this, I'm just going to poke at this bear right here, because I want it out in the open, that you're not completely persuaded that he loves you completely. I used to feel this way. I've been a Christian since I was 13. And I, real, I came to the understanding that I wasn't sure if God loved me completely. I knew I loved him. I know you love him. But are you persuaded that he loves you completely? Completely. 
Work that up right now. Look at that. Well, my process was this. I didn't believe that God loved me completely because this is how I processed the whole thing is shame. Shame was just a covering over me. I didn't see it at the time. I didn't know what it was. And guilt is different than shame. Guilt says, oh, I've done something wrong. Lord, I'm sorry. I don't want that part of my character. I, I don't want to do that anymore. But shame comes in with condemnation. And it, it sits on your shoulder. And it tells you you're not good enough. Here's another thing. I didn't believe that God completely loved me. So I would shrink back. I would shrink back from standing firm because I didn't think that he would support me. I'm asking you. Do you know that God will support you in everything? And unbelief. There are some things I believed wholeheartedly, but there were some things I had some unbelief about. Dig that up right now. And the last thing is it is a telltale sign that you don't believe God loves you completely. I guess Steve can attest to this, is my narrative was negative about myself. There has to be a switch from belief to utter pure faith that needs to happen. And it's tonight. It's tonight. Are you persuaded that God completely loves you? You don't have to earn it. You don't have to strive for it. He knows your heart. He loves you. He sees you with compassion. He puts his arm around you every morning. Are you sure that you're completely convinced that he loves you completely. So then when you are praying, you're standing in confidence that the very words you're saying that Holy Spirit told you to pray is going out into the atmosphere. You can see them go. And in the kingdom, it is there. Things are transforming. Things are clicking. Holy Spirit is activating them because you are in partnership with him. Prayer is, prayer is a key to kingdom advancement. We do this with him. He loves us. And he can't wait to partner with us. Kingdom advancement. How can I say that? Thy kingdom come. How? Prayer. Thy will be done through partnership with him on earth as it is in heaven. I'm glad you sat here and dug things up. I'm all about that. I want freedom for you. I, w I want you to walk in freedom and the power and authority that Jesus gave you. I don't want you to walk in any, any mud anymore. I want us to 
as a church, impact this city. And we're going to do it with the Lord. So we, we had some teaching. We had some application. Now we're going to do some activation. Um, life group pastors and also um, could I ask you to come forward please if you would come over because we're going we're gonna to break into groups of prayer and uh, Susie had talked about um, breaking off shame unbelief any negative uh, narrative about yourself. So there's some things that may need to be removed. And then um, there also could be some, some um, needs that we need to contend. We need to go to, into a, a place of, uh, in the battle for a place of agreement with God's will uh, to stand and plant seeds of faith with one another, to enter into a, a, a partnership with Jesus and what his word says, and uh, also to, to just speak life over to one another. So I'm going to... Um, why don't we do this? Make it a little easier. Some of you are kind of like over in this area. If you can get into groups of five or six people, like here's a group, maybe over here, and the pastors will go to you. And can we go to prayer for one another? Can we go into battle for one another? And can we see what the needs are to see if any of these things need to get broken off, to speak life over to one another if there's any needs um, do you have you hearing anything else? And I would say after tonight, make things different. Paul said to pray unceasingly. What does that look like for your life? I know for me, I'm like, oh, I got an uptick on this. Because God would want it. He wants to partner with us in it. We are going to change the atmosphere. So look forward to prayer being the top of your priority. Okay. Can you go ahead and um, get into groups of five or six? And then we'll, the pastors will come over and join you. And then we'll spend some time in prayer. If you were inspired by today's message, be sure to hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. For more information about The Loft or for gathering times and locations, you can check out our website at www.theloftnw.org or find us on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join us again next time.